beautiful and welcome to the Find Your Calling podcast. This is the place to be if you are a social change maker or nonprofit leader at a crossroad in your career and soul searching for what's next. I am Mandy Kay and I'm here to help you follow your soul to the work you're called to do that's going to help us create a better world together. Okay, let's dive in. In this episode, I share the transformation my work and life has taken these past five years since I fully surrendered control over to my soul. I share these experiences as an example of what's possible for you too and the way that your soul is guiding you to your true path at all times and the magic and serendipity available to you as well. If you haven't listened to episode one, I recommend you do if you want the full story on the years prior and the steps I took to find my calling. But where we had gotten to was that in early 2017, I was working part-time at a university as a career coach and I was supporting graduating students there to transition into careers they love while also working with private clients in my own coaching business, Soul Strategies. I'd recently launched Find Your Calling, my signature course with the first group of students in Byron Bay and things were flowing. I honestly felt like, yes, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. I'm exactly on track and I felt really good about how things were unfolding. And now is a good time to tell you that doors are open for the online version of Find Your Calling. And we kick off on the 19th of August. So if you are at a crossroads in your career and you are soul searching for what's next, please click the link in the show notes for all the details of the program. It's going to be a life-changing journey and I would love to have you join us. Okay, but traveling back in time again to 2017, (laughs) and after a bout of sickness, I had specifically set the intention to surrender more that year. In my high achiever, type A personality ways, I felt like I'd been sick for far too long, (laughs) and I'd done a terrible job at surrendering into just what was and allowing myself the time and space to heal. And I recognized that about myself. I was like, Mandy, you got to do a better job of this surrendering thing. And little did I know that in a few weeks time from that self-realization and that intention, I was going to be putting it into practice and surrendering into the flow of life in a much, much bigger way. And like in a, like the, in the few weeks after that, Uh, region. I live in northern New South Wales in Australia and it got hit by mass flooding. Uh, We caught the tail end of a cyclone that had worked its way down the coast and Lismore, our largest, largest township, was hit. Technically, they call Lismore a city, but I've lived in London, so it's definitely not a city to me. (laughs) And Anyway, the flood overtopped the levee and flooding swept through Lismore, honestly, in a way that it had not done in over 40 years. And it was truly shocking to see just the extensive damage done to homes, to businesses and livelihoods, like the entire CBD was wiped out. And like so many in the area, I was watching scenes on social media feeling so bloody helpless. 
So when I was invited to join a Facebook group that was created on the same day of floods for people who wanted to help, of course, I joined it. Um, And I was watching what they were doing in this group, trying to rapidly match the offers of help to the request for help. And all I did was comment on a post at that time and say, wow, what you guys are doing is awesome. If there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. And next minute, the friend who'd invited me into the group added me as an administrator of the Facebook group. And I suddenly found myself in the middle of trying to support and help coordinate this mass influx of help. And just to give you a picture of how rapidly things were moving, that Facebook group grew by 2,000 people on that first day. And within three days, it was over 6,000 people. And it's incredible to witness, you know, this wave of kindness that is inevitable when disasters hit. And I truly believe that's one of the metaphysical reasons why they happen, as it brings us closer to one another and taps us in more deeply into compassion and connection with one another. And it basically reprioritizes what's important in life. And we recognize that helping the people hit by the disaster is a massive fucking priority. Um, And it's a really big story of what happened in the days that followed. Like things happen really rapidly in disaster recovery And within a few days, I found myself at a press conference with the state premier and official agencies working in the recovery and responding to the needs of those affected by the floods. And the day following that press conference, a group of us opened a hub in the middle of the disaster zone where people could come directly to offer and ask for help. And that hub operated for 19 days, which honestly felt like months. And in that time, we responded to a thousand requests for help and we channeled 1500 volunteers through the hub. And it was one of the most remarkable, heartwarming, moving experiences of my life to be part of such a movement of love and kindness and care. And it showed me a lot about the power we have as individuals when we come together with a collective goal. And no doubt I'll share more about this in another podcast because we learn a lot about our collective power as well in the face of opposing state governments and agencies. Uh, Anyway, it was truly a very, very special period of my life and I feel very grateful to have experienced it. Now, you may be wondering, what happened to my job? (laughs) Well, I was lucky that I'd been given leave from my role at the university. And thankfully, my private clients were incredibly understanding. Big shout out to any of you who might be listening. But I eventually had to return to the university. And when I did, the contrast was so stark from the passion and purpose I'd felt while volunteering in the flood recovery effort to then going back into what I'd been doing at that point for seven years at the uni. Now, I admit I had known that it was time for me to leave the uni for a while. I set that intention earlier that year, even voicing that to a beautiful women's circle that I was a part of at the time, saying my intention is to leave the uni. But I was finding it hard to let go of the regular and secure income And I know I'm not alone in that. 
Uh, you might be in the same situation where you're holding on to a job you've outgrown because of the security it gives you and you are honestly not alone. Like I have seen that so often uh, in my work coaching other people and yet that day I went back, I knew I was done and it was time and I actually handed my notice in that very day and it was a leap of faith for sure because I didn't know what the fuck I was actually leaping to. And look, I acknowledge my privilege that I can make those kinds of quick decisions. I don't have kids. And at the time, I didn't have a partner or a mortgage. But you and I are powerful co-creators with divine intelligence. And when you act from a place of belief that things are always working out for you, that it makes taking those leaps of faith easier. And I left knowing there was enough emotion that I was going to be looked after. Like Grace had absolutely carried us through that flood recovery effort and I knew it would carry me forward. And that grace, that same grace is 100% available to you. And one small potential seed for something in the future that had been planted came from a conversation and a connection that I'd made at the hub in Lismore. I'd sparked up a conversation with a fellow volunteer to find out a little bit more about him uh, and what had led them to volunteering and what they normally do. And I'm pretty curious that way. And it's one of the things that I've learned about how to create serendipity in your life, like be open and curious and interact and connect with people because you never know where things might lead. And for me, this particular conversation led to an invitation to apply for a role uh, in the ceremonies team for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. So for those of you that don't know, the Commonwealth Games is like our version of the Olympics, but it's for all those countries that are part of the Commonwealth. And this particular person had just landed the role as the head of volunteers and cast for the opening and closing ceremonies. And they'd been watching me manage aspects of the hub and they basically said to me, look, I need to pull a team together and I think you should apply for one of the roles. And admittedly at the time I dismissed it because I was more focused on roles which had direct social impact and I have very strong feelings about the injustices done to Indigenous Australians Australians through colonisation. And I just didn't think it was going to be a match for me. I felt like it might have just been a bit too shallow, to be honest. But after I finished at the uni and I had some time to be exploring like what's next, I felt this intuitive pull to the opportunity Um, and I couldn't quite explain it. And so I did what I do when I have those inexplicable pools of intuition, I explored it. And despite never working on a large scale event or in casting or on a ceremony before, I landed that role as a senior cast coordinator and ended up working in a team of people managing 4,000 volunteer performers in the opening and closing ceremonies, which were watched by a billion people around the world, apparently. So totally epic scale. And it actually really surprised me how much I loved this job. So it's a good lesson that 
an opportunity that may not seem like the right fit for you initially can turn out to serve you uh, in unexpected and delightful ways. It was honestly the most fun I'd had in a job up until that last month when the stress of putting on an event that size came to a head and then it was just fucking crazy. (laughs) It was a little bit like hell on earth that last month. Um, but I once again saw how much volunteering means to people. Like I know that from my own personal experience as someone who's volunteered a lot in my life. And obviously I'd just been volunteering in the flood recovery effort, but I saw that sense of belonging that people got and the sense of connection they had with one another. And I had so many volunteers come and tell me how much being involved in this changed their life for the better. So I got to see how much I was still helping shift things for the better. And I was having a lot of fun. Like it was fun. And admittedly, I did think about how much good could be done with that same budget (laughs) addressing social issues and that same amount of like people power being like channeled into addressing more pressing issues. But I also honour and respect the power and the important role that performing arts has in our society. And I also saw the power of ritual and ceremony done on such a larger scale. And there was something very moving and touching about being a part of it. And a highlight of the last month was managing the cast group from Restless Dance, which is one of the longest running disability dance companies in Australia. I'd had such a special time with those dancers Like I've worked in the disability sector before and I have a sister with Down syndrome and autism and it meant so much personally to me to be able to work so closely with these dancers who are on a global stage sharing their art and their gifts and personally they made my job so much more fun. They were an absolute hoot, this group, and I thought, oh, my God, how do I do more of this? Like I didn't even know that this was a thing and I started inquiring and learning about it. Like what is this integrated dance and do they have jobs (laughs) for people with no artistic skills (laughs) like me? And I was delighted to find out that actually performing arts companies desperately need people with business management skills. Um, It's, yeah, sorry to all of my beautiful art fellows out there, but I just didn't really understand exactly how much you still need to operate like a business. Uh, And I used my skills in creating serendipity after that role finished uh, uh, to land, you know, the opportunity to speak with the founder of a local disability dance company, Sprung Integrated Dance Theatre. And There are certain actions and things you can do that create serendipity and I'll share those throughout this podcast and I dive into them in way more detail in the Find Your Calling course. And as a result of that conversation that I had with that founder, I was invited to apply to be their business manager and I landed that role. And this gorgeous dance troupe has totally stolen my heart. 
Like they are full of so much pizzazz. And I only left that role when I had the opportunity to launch a university impact awards program, which is where I was working part-time while I worked at the disability dance company because I absolutely needed to supplement my very low nonprofit income. (laughs) Um, And I'll link to Sprung uh, in the show notes and to Restless. And I really encourage you to look um, and check them out because they're both wonderful dance companies. So through those years of working in the ceremonies team and then onto Sprung and then onto the Impact Awards, I often thought, oh my God, how on earth have I landed here? Like this just seems to be like a complete and utter detour from the career coaching and mentoring I was doing. But at the same time, I couldn't ignore how right it all felt. And look, fast forward to 2020, and I'd be remiss not to mention the life-changing event that starts with the big C that we've all lived through the last couple of years. And that's really created such a vast amount of change in many of our lives. And mid-March that year, I was taking a holiday with my love. She's English and her Aussie visa had finished and she was returning to England and we decided to go on a holiday uh, in Bali on the way. And at that point in my life, I felt called back to Soul Strategies and getting the Find Your Calling course online I was going to spend a few months over in England with my love and creating the course and I had it all planned out. Well, (laughs) there's a great saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan because things did not pan out like that, as you can imagine, when suddenly COVID hits. And we were in Bali when the whole world started shutting down and Like despite our initial fear, which at the time I think many of us felt because it was so unknown and, you know, that bloody media whipped up such a fear storm about it, we tuned into our intuition and we decided to stay in Bali. Uh, And I then received, like shortly after that, I received a call from the founder of the dance company Sprung asking if I'd return to go to work for them because uh, she was managing the company but was also an ER doctor and she had to go and work full-time at a hospital. And she just asked me temporarily to come back and lead and support the company. You know, I'm putting this in commas, for the next few months, (laughs) just for a few months. (laughs) Well, that turned into almost two years working and supporting the company during COVID. And I worked remotely from Bali and then England when we got there and even a month from Spain. And look, once again, I'm struck by the grace and the blessings available to us when we trust that a higher power has our back and that our soul has a way forward for us, even if that doesn't look clear to us at the time. I I was supported financially to work during COVID and support a company that I felt connected to. And that connection was really important because I suddenly was overseas and in very long lockdowns. And, you know, I had a chance to connect with a group of people that I had come to love very dearly. And it was perfect timing as well because I'd already 
committed to going back and finishing my postgrad studies in nonprofit management and philanthropy, which is great because I got to apply what I was learning directly to the dance company. And I actually think that really helped us get through COVID. Uh, One of my proudest moments was in that first initial lockdown we had in Australia. We managed to keep all our artists employed. Um, And anyway, that whole COVID time, once again, just huge, huge lessons in surrender and trust and seeing how things can work out despite external chaos and challenges. And look, don't get me wrong, it wasn't totally smooth sailing during the COVID years. Um, However, I got such an insight into how looked after we are when we surrender and trust. Um, And we did eventually get back home to Australia. Uh, We succeeded at getting my partner an Australian visa, which was no small feat in itself. I mean, so much paperwork having to prove um, the authenticity of our relationship. Um, And I completed the role with the dance company earlier this year with the full intention of returning to Soul Strategies and all of you here. (laughs) Uh, But once again, (laughs) surrender has taught me just to show up to what's happening in the present moment. And once again, our region was hit by devastating floods in February this year. And I mean, these were the highest in recorded history. Um, My dear community in Lismore that I've come to love so much experienced two major floods within a month. And the first was catastrophic. It was off the charts, so much higher than any other previous floods. And our entire region was hit. Like it feels like we are fully feeling the brunt of the climate change emergency here. Um, my own suburb had houses flood. And of course, <laughs> I put all plans aside and I went back to work in the flood recovery effort. And that's where I've spent the past four months. And that flood recovery effort is going to take years. And I'm proud, I'm so, so proud to have been a part of an organisation that's mobilising and establishing itself for the long haul uh, in Lismore. And it's amazing to see what we seeded back in 2017 in that initial effort is now going to continue on its work and, and really support the people in Lismore and the region. And yet... I had to soul search and tune into my own intuition that told me it's not my path to fully immerse myself full time into flood recovery work. Like my whole soul is calling me back to what I've intended to do many times over the years, which is coming back to you, delivering content and creating offers that are going to support the social change makers and people like you to do your soul work because I fully believe that's what we need to be doing. Like we are at such a pivotal point in our history. We need to be following what we are called to do most deeply from our souls. So what are the key lessons I have to share with you from these last five years? Well, one Surrender and let go of control, gorgeous. Like trust the flow of life. It's totally got you. You do not need to plan your way forward as much as you think you do. Two, set intentions for what you want from a place of belief. 
like a belief in yourself and that you've got a benevolent universe that is always conspiring in your favor. Like at each point in these wild five years, I was setting intentions about what I wanted next, even when sometimes the specifics were not clear. Three, have the courage to leap into the uncertainty when it's time to do so. You will be called, your soul will call you onto a path less traveled. And that will involve some risk and courage. That's why it's called the path of the brave. Like that is what helps you grow and expand into your potential. And it's, there's going to be some risk. But four, your soul knows the way forward and it knows the way through that uncertainty. So tune into your intuition and your inner guidance and trust your soul's strategy towards the life of purpose and meaning you so deeply desire. Like don't overthink things. Just trust the journey and trust your soul knows the quickest way to get you where you want. Even when that path is unexpected and looks nothing like what you had previously envisaged. Uh, Five, serendipity is the bomb. (laughs) It's your soul's way of co-creating with the magical and like the magic and miracles of divine intelligence. And it's your birthright to experience that kind of serendipity that blows your mind away. And there are ways that you can harness its power. And I'm so excited to share those with you so that you can experience your own calling unfolding what seems like effortlessly. And six, make the time to do what you need to align with the energy of soul of your soul. Like this means committing to your spiritual practice and doing the inner work to release whatever fears are holding you back and are limiting you and the possibilities available to you. And look, if you want support in these practices, then please check out Find Your Calling because we're going to spend 12 weeks deep diving into them and you will see how much they can change your life. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for being here with me. I am so happy to be on the journey with you now. I'm happy to be finally back doing this work with you. And be sure to subscribe so you know when new episodes land. And please share this with any fellow changemakers and nonprofit leaders in your life that you think need to hear this. All right, beautiful. Until next time. (laughs) Ciao.